welcome. This is the conclusion to season three of Date Your Ego but Marry Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Serafina, and I'm delighted that after a two year wait, I'm able to share this episode with you. When we began the ecstatic season, I had no idea about the power, the effect, and the influence of our first 1001 days as a human being on this planet. Ever since then, I've had my own son and I've had the opportunity to visit my own first 1001 days as a baby as much as become aware of his first 1001 days and what I could do to address some of the trauma that we faced after the birth. The transformation, the healing, the effect was material. It was non-verbal and it was just beautiful. So whether you are someone who is planning to have a baby or you are someone who's had a baby and has had a traumatic experience or a challenging experience, this episode is for you. This episode will create a sense of relief, a sense of hope, give you tools and resources to address your own birth as a baby and your baby's birth such that you both can make sense of it and have a communication link that you did not think was possible. You are going to hear from two people in this interview. They are Binny A. Dansby and Elma Posel. Both are instructors on the 1001 Day pre and perinatal course that I studied. They created an environment of security, of education, raised our awareness, and showed me that addressing this period can create transformation in people who are so closed up and who are in fight or flight. I saw it with my own eyes and it's now yours to listen to and learn from. So without further ado, let's listen to Binny and Elma. Well, hello, Binny. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, I think you know that this episode gives me so much joy because um, (laughs) it's been so long in the making, really. (laughs) Um, I mean, after what seems like a a really long history-making pause for the world, I'm really glad that we're recording the conclusion to the ecstatic season, which was name so because of you and your work <laughs> i know it's wonderful um and i i just thought that a very organic conclusion to the season would um would you know beg that we talk about the pre and perinatal course that i studied with you um in 2020 when the world went into lockdown so right. If we could start by talking about what is the 1001 Days course in pre and perinatal psychology, please. That would be great. Well, it um, the intention, I think, is to inform um, any adult. Uh, our focus of attention was um, 
to we wanted to attract initially we wanted to attract teachers psychologists people who work with other people but and in general that's everyone if you have a navel you <laughs> you qualify <laughs> but and it's to educate about the impact of the first 1001 days which is from conception through to the first two years, which some people have called the download period. Quite literally, we're taking in, in the womb, we are literally um, becoming and taking in mother's thought system and the things that are going on around mother. We don't, I don't think, make sophisticated decisions, but we definitely have an impression in the cellular structure mm. of what life is about. Mm -hmm. Now, for so many, I know Freud said that consciousness comes into the person when they're five. And when I was growing up, I, um, you know, I often heard people say, well, you know, babies can't feel. Um, and up until recent history, they did surgery on babies without anesthetic because they thought they could not feel. Now, I don't, you know, crying, screaming is a genuine communication, really, you know. So... Anyway, the, the field of pre and perinatal psychology um, grew, I think, out of very specific experiences that people had and were having in therapies of varying kinds mm -hmm. of remembering their births. For me, it started in 1975 when I had a profound memory felt body thought forms of of a, a, a birth memory and which intrigued me to the extent that I continued that exploration. Um, and then I think in 1981, I think it was, I read Birth Without Violence by not birth without violence. I read birth without violence in 75 mm -hmm. um, uh, by Leboye. Uh, but in the 80s, it was Tom Verney who wrote The Secret Life of the Unborn Child. Mm -hmm. And that really struck me. By that time, I was working with um, pregnant couples. I had worked with the couple who had the very first water birth. And uh, we just wanted that being to have the gentlest, most conscious um, entry into the world. And then Tom Verney, there was a European group of psychologists that were meeting. Um, and Thomas Verney had gone there. He was from Canada. 
but and in 1983 he started the pre and perinatal psychology association of north america mm -hmm. which has become the association for pre and perinatal psychology and health and um the first convening was in Toronto in 1983, and he invited me to speak there about water birth. So I've been in on the, the foundations of the field of pre and perinatal psychology. I am, uh, and I feel very strongly, passionately, about educating people about the impact because we are conscious and we are making decisions in the womb and at birth. And in that first two years, it's all, all this information is coming in. Mm -hmm. What I think is most valuable though is for adults to re-experience that mm -hmm. so that they interact with babies, with children, with other people in a different way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not just making people aware, but it's supporting a deeper awareness. And that was why we did, um, well, I, I started um, working with adults and teaching in Europe in 1987. But, and, and for all these years, I've had trainings that were similar to the first 1,000 days. Um, but, and we put this particular course together with the intention of supporting education, mm -hmm. but also the experience of the educator. Mm, that's an interesting So thing. that they could come into contact in a very different way. I know you must have that experience mm -hmm. when you know that your child is making decisions, that your child is downloading everything that's going on around them you tend to be different than if you're just walking around thinking, oh, they don't, doesn't make any difference what I say or what I do. Oh, absolutely. I think for me personally, on not just for my own birth and infancy, but with my child, you turn on the switch inside me, which raised my awareness, made me realize that when I do this particular action that might just seem quite mundane, um, my son's actually developing what he's going to be in the future, you know, and that has changed my life because as a mother, I'm more keen to making choices that are going to establish a sense of security in him, a sense of peace in my home, uh, bonding in our relationship, in our relationship as a family with his father, you know, I mean, all of these decisions sort of, I think, 
they just are there in a mother instinctually, but they aren't given importance by society. Thank you. It's about how you're going to provide, what are you going to provide, to what extent, rather than, oh, honey, you've got everything you need to provide. You just need to just be, you know, and I think... I think that's what the course did for me. But you said something very interesting, and that sort of answered my next question, which is um, you spoke about the cellular level influence of the decisions we're making, which may not be sophisticated, but they're cellular level decisions we're making in our infancy. Um, and so the period that you teach about on the course is not necessarily in in the memory, the conscious memory of an adult, it's in the subconscious memory on a very deep, deep level. And from what I understand, the reason that is relevant is because we're still making decisions based on the conclusions we arrived at at that time. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and that's a lot to wrap your head around. Um, we remember everything. It's held in the in the uh, limbic system and in the emotional brain that does not have language. You know, the prefrontal cortex doesn't develop until after birth, okay? And that begins to develop after we're born. And the 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 part of the brain that sits right on, that sits on, you know, the, the brain is kind of multi-leveled. And uh, the part of the brain that sits right on top of the primitive brain is um, is called the emotional brain. And, and that's the, 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 the part of the brain that we share with dogs, with dolphins. Mm -hmm. You know, your dog remembers. And you know they do, and the dolphins remember you, you know. The thing that and they we remember what whatever experience that we've had. And it's held and in the limbic system is throughout the body. So actually, and I just love this, the body is the language for the subconscious. So you might be a highly intelligent, highly educated person and tell me, I am going to do thus and so. But if you, once you start to do that, you might do something entirely different. Mm. And <clears throat> many people do. Many people say this when they come to therapy. <laughs> it's like, I meant to do this, but I found myself doing this. It's because we're operating from a whole other layer called the subconscious. And we access that. I think the, the, um, in, in many ways, in, in talking therapies you can, but I use the breath as the pathway to accessing those thought forms and those fundamental decisions that we made, like it's not safe here. Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. people, you know, 
you know, the other is going to hurt me in some way. There's no one here for me. You know, we take babies. I think the most heinous crime committed on the planet, actually. Much worse than, than murder, even. And I think it's... Is separating a baby from its mother after it's been there for nine months. Mm. Wholly cared for. Literally everything taken care of. The only organs that are that are um, in operation are the brain, the heart, and the nervous system. Everything else is taken care of by the placenta and the umbilical cord. Mother is breathing us. Mm. And as we develop, we, we hear what's going on from mother. You know, when mother has an argument with the butcher, <laughs> We're there, and we're part of her hormonal system, you know. When mother wants to make love, we're there. When she's making love, we're there. It's such, I call it the original intimacy, you know. It's where we learn about intimacy. I mean, and I, way I, I, that I... ended... I apologize, but I mean, it's like the way that is resolved is an expectation that's set up within us. You know, we surrender. And, you know, if it's an abrupt separation, it sets up a fear, quite literally a deep, deep fear of that ever happening again. Around the breath, when we take our first breath, if we're startled into it, which many babies are, many babies, because everybody is afraid they're not gonna breathe, which is, I think, insane. But what happens is that the lungs open abruptly. I mean, it's probably painful in the heart space. And every, and the valves open, other ones close. So the blood flow has to change. And then all of the major organs begin to come online. So it's, it, it, it happens too fast. And for many, many babies, all of this is going on and the cord is cut. The oxygen supply is cut off. <laughs> We're going to have to take that breath again. Hmm. But <clears throat> Ashley Montague, who was, uh, well, he was a medical doctor. He was a forensic psychologist, a forensic physiologist, um, he, pathologist, uh, and he wrote many books. He wrote medical books and he wrote psychology books. And he said in his book, Touching the Human Significance of Skin, that around every breath, there is a phobic stir, mm -hmm. phobic fear. There is fear around every breath we take. 
until we can heal that. And that's part of what I do in the world. I, I apologize, I get so passionate about this subject. <laughs> I was even talking yesterday to a man who is in, he's almost 50, mm -hmm. uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant psychologist. And he mm -hmm. said to me uh, that he noticed that he has all this particular sun sign women in his life. And he said, I wonder why that is. And I said, what is your mother's sun sign? And it was the same one. I said, you lived for nine months inside the body of that woman. Yes. You know her. You know women who have those traits. <laughs> and he, he was just dumbfounded. You know, I love it because we don't think about it. Yeah. But the truth is, we lived inside right in another human being. Yeah, you need someone to point it out. You point out the obvious, you know. I mean, you know, because when you're a practicing psychologist, you're probably solving so many people's problems. You're not. <laughs> you're missing the obvious, really, <laughs> right under your nose. Um, was, I mean, no, absolutely. I mean, look, um, there's so much you've said that just keeps reminding me of, of my birth and my son's birth and uh, I can echo a lot of what you said about the first startling breath and experience but I think uh, with regards to why infancy is relevant even when you're all grown up is because of the limbic system that you were talking about um, not only is that connected to the whole body but that's where we react from when we're faced with challenging situations and that's one thing we all have in common on planet earth and in our society in our technological society right now is we have one challenge after the next so unless if we can actually unravel or really wrap our heads around how that system was influenced when it was just starting up when it was just developing it is a very useful tool to have. It would save you quite a lot of money in terms of therapy, uh, in terms of bad relationships or bad decisions. So I think that's where it becomes so relevant to people as adults, you know, in spite of it being about infancy. Uh, this sort of uh, makes me want to ask you, so the aim of the course, I know I've done the course, so... I, I realize it can be, it, it is whatever, it is so individual, but the aim of the course is the course creator. Did you think that I'm going to create a course that's going to allow people to be better at their jobs, better at their relationships, or was it that you were healing deep emotional and mental wounds? Like, were you thinking these things or did it just sort of fall into place. You know, I'm always so curious about this stuff. Um, the reason that I teach what I teach um, is because the effect that it's had on my life. Um, just the, the, um, the first experience of remembering my birth 
was um, from the center of myself. Um, I went into a non-ordinary state. When I came to conscious awareness, I was sobbing and saying, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And I realized that I was holding my mother's pain against myself. And as I progressed, probably my own pain, because I was, my, my birth was very painful for me as well. Mother and baby are having the same experience. So, so how old were you when this happened? I was um, in my late 30s. Right. Um, well, 1970, I was born in 1939. So actually late 1939, so 1940 to 1975. How old was I? You know, 35, 36. Um, I, um, uh, and so I, I think that we come into life in a very different way when we can heal those original decisions. Now, what I have done, my work is based on um, having listened for many years, been doing this for more than 40 years. Um, but in the first five years, I began to hear and, and um, um, record and begin to hear in anecdotally from my clients the, the thoughts they would, I mean, they would just come out with, it's not safe. I'm not safe. I don't feel safe. And these are people who are well-educated and, and operating in the world with, you know, lots of, of um, success. And when, you know, when deepening into the limbic system, deepening into the subconscious, the thought forms that would come in are not safe. My body's not safe. There's no one here for me. I have had people look me right in the eyes with just absolute terror saying, there's no one here for me. And remembering and releasing the terror of being born and separated. My body hurts and I don't know, I'm helpless. The explosion of anger, what we call, you know, we get triggered, just explode, is a re-triggering of, I think, the first breath. And the the, the whole body going completely nuts. And it's all of our passion. What we do is we shut down. You, you see babies pull in, you know, it's like, whoa. And in that, in that primal terror is there's something wrong. Mm. Now wrong is about guilt and 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 guilt is about blame and shame yeah. 
And the number of people, including myself, who have thought, you know, it's like when I had this thought, I didn't mean to do it, I didn't mean to do it, and I had this experience. I had two sons. I had had an ecstatic birth. Uh, I had two little boys I was fully responsible for. I had a major job as a designer for a huge manufacturing company. Um, I was a very upstanding citizen. <laughs> you know, no one would ever have suspected you know, that I was guilty. I was carrying guilt at the core of being, and I had the opportunity to release it. I had the opportunity to, to start to heal it. But you see, if I'm not safe and there's no one here for me, and I hurt, and I have no choice about it, there's definitely something wrong, and I can't fully express myself. Hmm. Because I don't know if it's me or if it's them. I don't know if I'm going to hurt you or you're going to hurt me. It's a, it's a real conundrum, so I can't express myself fully, especially in intimate relationship. Hmm. So then I, I don't connect completely. And that leaves me really afraid and needing an intermediary to the divine. Mm. Mm. Wow. And the truth is the divine is in every one of us, I think. Yes. That we came forth to love, that we came forth to love and to serve. Mm. And our greatest service is to be present, is to be able to be wholly present without, oh my God, is there something wrong with me going on? Hmm. Wow, that was all so beautiful. And one of my first memories of the course, because when I took the course, I wasn't entirely sure. I just had my baby. I was still healing myself. I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to have to travel. My husband's going to have to look after him. There were all these questions. I was like, really in the dark. You know, I was like, what, what the hell am I doing? Why am I studying psychology? <laughs> you know, and it was exactly what my life needed. But you just spoke so beautifully about the release. And I want to talk about how you guided us towards our own release through breath work mm -hmm. in the course. And I definitely had a release. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, I have to have her talk about it because people, you know, need to know. It was so unexpected. And for me, I think you, you will remember it came out as some sort of crazy howl. <laughs> I mean, it was just so unexpected. I mean, I thought I was going to go in 
you know, go to the toilet <laughs> just right before it happened. And uh, of course, we were all breathing with your affirmations. Um, so, I, I mean, what I understood is that something we all hold within us mm -hmm. and it's kind of trying to come out in different ways whether it's becoming the most dominant member of society or a family or or being completely submissive or you know what whatever way it finds expression this release that happened for me you know you talk about it on the course would you mind talking about it here because you just mentioned it beautifully flow into that well there's um, um, a teaching in a course in miracles that says that love brings up anything unlike itself in your system so that it can be healed and when we add our energy to high thoughts, when we add our energy to thoughts that we might think, oh yes, I really, yes, I I'm safe. Yeah, I remember a very tall man who even had bodyguards <laughs> with him a lot of the time. You know, lying on my table, and I was t I was saying to him, "He's safe," and he said, "Well, of course I am." You know, he said, and then, and then as he deepened into himself with the breath, and just paid attention to the breath, and your body's safe, no matter how you might be feeling, you're surrounded by love and support. He began to feel the, the sensations and the, no, I'm not. And this is what happened. It, it, everyone is unique. But the reason, you know, when I said the, that I had identified these negatives decisions that I'd heard over and over again, um, I came up with the affirmations the countering thought, the truth, you are safe, your body is safe, no matter how you might be feeling. Your body follows your energy and your thoughts. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, it's like mother doesn't know more about your body than you do. The doctor doesn't know more about your body than you do. You live with it. It is your partner in time and space. It would be wonderful if every child could come home to that. Mm. To that true knowledge that the body is a very, it, it's not who you are. But the energy that is explodes at birth is like, if you, if you drop a brick on your toe right this minute, for, a, for an instant, you are toe. Well, birth is kind of like dropping a brick 
we come out of birth thinking, oh my God, I'm a body. And that's not true. You are spirit having an experience of a body. You are consciousness with a body. It's a gift. It's a gift that you wanted to give yourself, I think. It, you know, it's like all the senses, the sensations, the ups, the downs, the, the emotion, energy in motion. So when you are safe enough, when you drop into the pure, authentic you, you very often release this profound energy that you shut down and then it's accessible. Mm. <clears throat> then you have it to use. Mm. And I can attest to that. I think for me, that was an enough. That's how it sort of, that's what it manifested as in my life. It was, it was sort of like a full stop and a restart, you know, and I, <laughs> oh, wonderful. And, and then, and then immediately having the realization that, oh my God, I couldn't have done that. How did I do that? What happened? You know, it was the safety and the security that you brought around me through our developing relationship mm -hmm. and, and, and seeing that the group felt the same way. Um, that allowed me to deepen that much. I mean, the breathes that we did on the course were always very deep. You know, they were very um, intimate. They were very easy um, for, well, for me personally to get into my deeper self. But if that safety wasn't there, I think it this was, yeah, the, it was bubbling beneath and I couldn't, I couldn't have brought it out. So for me, that's what it achieved. And then I was able to say enough and stop to whatever I wanted to stop in my life and begin anew. And that's when we sort of come full circle really. And I know you have to go, but that's where the course started to make so much sense to me, which was really in the second month that, um, right. Okay. So I press reset. Where do I go from here? And then I had the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the year to understand and make up my mind about where I had to go. And I had someone guiding me. So you can have these releases, you know, people do ayahuasca, they do, I don't know, they drugs, they, they have a binge night. It's sort of like a release. Everyone's always looking for this release, but what does it achieve? You know, and I think that's what the pre and perinatal course so gently allows for there's no like i've done courses before where you start and you're like by the end of this course you will be you know top of the class or you will be a happy wife or there's no suggestion <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's really gentle and and it's it's about letting you evolve into your own decisions it's and about evolution 
It's right. about opening the space. Um, I I was just um, um, saw a, um, a TED talk by a young woman who had leukemia, and the title of it was "What Almost Dying Taught Me About Living." Mm. And the truth is that is when the real work begins, when you have that release, when you have access to all that energy, when you have felt, when you have had a felt experience of being safe and supported. Well, that turns into, oh my goodness, there is an abundance of love and support for me. I am safe. I can do. I can be. I can relax. Mm. Healing takes place in the parasympathetic, not in the fight or flight. And as the healing, as you allow the healing to take place, then life unfolds in a very different way because you are looking, you are perceiving in a very different way. Mm. The, the, you know, you can then integrate. It's safe to feel all of my feelings. I choose what to think about them. Therefore, I choose my experience. I am at the core of being. I am innocent. Mm. Wow. Pure light at the core of being doesn't mean I'm unculpable. Doesn't mean I haven't stepped on a toe or a thought or two. <laughs> But, and if you know that you are innocent, you can correct your mistake. Those who think they are guilty will defend themselves almost to the death. Yeah. And it's just the way it is. When you know that you're innocent, you can express yourself. Because if you express something that causes some kind of pain or suffering, <laughs> you can you can say, oh, please forgive me. You know, I think forgiveness is the key to all of it. Mm. Forgiveness mm. of yourself, forgiveness of, you know, the way the world has treated itself for so long. Mm. I mean, you know, the, there's not enough for me. There's no one here for me. Um, ends up being the basis of, of, of addiction and greed. And uh, a lot of our social system is based there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's it in a nutshell, really. And... I mean, everything you've said, I think, is what people 
are seeking at this very moment in the world, given the pandemic and feeling like everything's been taken away from them, their freedoms, their rights, their decision-making, their holidays, whatever, you know? And everything you're saying is gonna allow people to feel they are in control, they are sovereign in their life. And I think that's what- And that their energy can flow. You know, it's like the ecstatic season is, it's about, you know, ecstatic birth is not about the absence of feeling. Ecstatic birth is about saying yes to all of the energy, mm. as is ecstatic life. Ecstasy is not the absence of feeling. Mm. It's just the opposite. It's the embrace of all the sensations, all the energy that we have access to if we don't, you know, shut it down. Wow. Because those shutdowns become toxic. As do lockdowns. <laughs> can can become toxic. But mine became healing because I did the Korean perinatal course. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think I think you have to go so we can leave it there. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. I really look forward to sharing this um, with everyone, as many people as I can. I thank you. You are you are a blessing, Seraphina. Oh, An thank absolute you. blessing on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy your day. I am. <laughs> now I'm gonna start mine. Well, I started already, I suppose, enjoying it with you. So I love you. Love you too. Take care. Have fun. Thank Keep you. Keep having fun. Bye.